morning, everybody. Sorry about that. As you know, kids are a little hard to line up on time. So, But I'm sure you'll all forgive us because we're really excited to have them singing for us today. They have been practicing so hard on these songs. Yeah, give them a hand. So as they line up, we just wanted to share with you guys a little bit about our heart for uh, the children here at Hill City. We are really excited every week to have a team of leaders and volunteers who put so much work into um, sharing about God with these kids and letting them know that God is with them and he's for them and he has a plan to save them. So we just uh, love our volunteers and uh, leaders, Bethany and Heidi especially, who help us every week to put together those lessons for the kids. And um, today we're going to have a special opportunity to share with you some of that work that they do on a regular basis. So we, our hope is that every kid who comes into Hill City will uh, have a chance to learn about Jesus. And we do that every week in Hill City Kids through uh, reading scripture and worshiping together and learning more about him. So that is our hope and we're so excited to share with you the songs we've been practicing. So without further ado, here are the Hill City Kids singing uh, their Christmas songs.
Hey, give him a hand again. You guys rock. Good job, Atticus. Thank you guys so much. Gwen did awesome. I, I like the smile that she was giving for a while. <laughs> it was like a smile looking to nowhere. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. Good morning, you guys. Good morning. I love watching uh, kids sing because they don't care, right? I, I love their hearts and there's the levity of life. It was be it's before that life gets weighty. They are just, they live in this levity, this, this peace, right? And, and, and it seems like for many of us, that's the peace that we should be living in, right? Right? It's like, man, I just want to be myself. I want to be my true self. And really what we we're saying is we want to be at a place where we used to feel that peace, that levity, that joy, that weight was not on our lives, where we had to have it all together, where we we're just, you know, just enjoying the moment. It was, it's, it's like these moments where we, we watch them and they're, they're truly being human. And I believe more than ever before that God is drawing us into levity, that God is drawing us into his peace. Peace that we cannot produce ourselves, joy that we cannot eat, produce ourselves. And so I want us to mold that over. Think about that for a moment. And as I'm looking at these kids, and we made Ezra dress up in that suit outfit, I was like, Ezra, it's time to wear the Christmas suit. He was like, yes, right? He was going to wear a sweatsuit instead when we remembered it's the Christmas outfit time. But I just remember, they're not going to be that age forever. At some point, they're going to be teenagers, right? They're going to wear Axe body spray when they shouldn't, right? It's just these moments that we got to lock it in. we got to lock it in. We're in this series called Advent. Say Advent. It means the arrival or the coming. And Advent, is, it's, it's a part of church history. It's, we're connecting with people all around the world today as we are celebrating, we're thinking about Advent. And what Advent is, is we're preparing for a coming. We're preparing our hearts, our minds, our, our, our lives for the coming. It's like preparing for a guest, right? You guys ever prepare for family to come in? Is any family coming in? This, uh, this time, yeah, some of you guys, some of you guys don't even want to raise your hands because that's how you feel. You're like, yes, right? But when you're preparing for a guest to come to stay a while, you prepare your homes. Isn't that true? You make sure it is at the best level of home, right? You prepare your house. You begin to declutter. You look around. You clean room by room. You, if you have kids, you're yelling at your kids. Make sure it looks the best because family is coming, right? You want them to look at you a certain way like, man, you got your stuff together. And you're like, that's right. Always looks like that. He always looks like that, right? It smells right. It's freshened up. You get all the junk out of the house. But you also prepare your schedule. Isn't that true? You take time out for family to come in. So you can, so you, sometimes you stop certain routines that you're used to, what you normally do, and you make your schedule special. Think about that for a moment. Special schedule, planning moments together, scheduling all that in. 
I love this part. You prepare food. You got to prepare food when a guest is coming over, right? You think about the meal before the meal. You enjoy. Think about how you guys can enjoy sitting at the table and the special dessert on occasion. Julie always makes a special dessert during Thanksgiving, but we make it for special occasions. And this is what Advent is like. And, and that's how I want you guys to think of it. It's a preparation of a time with Jesus. Preparation of heart, a preparation of schedule, a, pre- a preparation of dining and partaking time with Christ, a time of celebration and nourishment. Even right now, begin to think about that. I want you to th- just take a moment and just to think about God. I don't know if you ever do this, but I try to do this in the mornings. Uh, every morning, I try to just sit and think about God. And, and I, I think about the, the greatness of God, the bigness of God. And many times, like I did this morning, I think about me looking at God as God is looking at me. It's, I know, I do weird stuff. That's what I do, right? I'm looking at God as, as God is looking at me. And many times, I can't really, like, think about that. So I start thinking about the way my children look at me with love. I think about the way that my wife looks at me with love 20% of the time, right? (laughs) Sometimes with anger. But I think about the goodness of God. I think about the bigness of God, the creator, the one that sustains the sunrise every morning and the sunset. The one when you're on top of a 14 or when you're climbing a mountain or you go to Chautauqua with your friends and you're just walking and you just feel like, like you can take a deep breath. You just feel right. There's a peace to that. I think, about the, I think about merciful salvation if you're thinking about theology. Peace in the middle of traffic. I'm like, Lord, help me right? I don't know how your minds are thinking today, and you might need to declutter, and you might need to change the way your mind is thinking, but Jesus, he did, I don't, we don't uh, speak the, the word of God every week so that we can learn more information. I'm trying to teach you the way that Jesus lived. That's what I'm trying to teach you. We're trying to teach you the way that he lived his life, the way that he saw human beings, the way he saw the moment, not just more information so we can be full of information, but we can learn a way of living that returns us back to a place, a state of peace of heart, peace of mind, the levity that God gives us, the the moment when Jesus says, abide in me, and in me I have this joy, and this joy, that a complete joy, a joy to the full that I want to offer you. And he's not offering you with a magic wand. He's offering that to us through a way of living. There is a way of living where the world is not so heavy, where our job doesn't always stress us out, when we're not walking around with this slight anxiety all the time, this low-grade depression. I don't know if you ever feel this low-grade pressure on you constantly. That is not the way of living. That is not the life that Jesus is trying to walk us to. And this is good news. This is good news. So we need to practice the ways of Jesus. And not just understandings or ideas of God. Like, dude, these are great ideas. I love that. But can we practice some of the ways of Jesus? Because he's teaching us how to be more human. More in the moment where we just sit down and drink tea together and just talk about life or whatever you like to do. Uh, in the mornings, I like to take a, a warm mug and just hold it. And I, that's what I like to do, full of 
drip coffee from Ethiopia. I sit there. I'm like, thank you, Lord, for this Ethiopian coffee and this warm mug. I just love these moments where you can just be just that peace for a moment. And I believe God is trying to train us to see our world differently. And I think it's so valuable in, in a time where things are so rushed, especially during Christmas. Don't even try to shop right now. It's crazy. You can't find parking. I was talking to someone. They said, I couldn't find parking at the place, at, at the store at 11 a.m. in the morning. I was like, I know it's that time. It's crazy time, right? In the craziness of life, can we find the joy that comes from God, a joy to the full? And that's what I want to speak to you about today. Because this joy leads us to prayer and adoration. In 2020, I want us to take prayer so seriously. Because that's how we learn to hear and know God. Gratefulness, joyfulness, repentance, contrition, cleaning our rooms. So today, we're going to light our candles in just a moment. But I want your anticipation to rise. And I want it to turn back into childlike joy. The way you know that your heart desires joy for a coming king joy for an invitation to the party of god what we call life it's an invitation you made it in the moment of conception there could have been 11 million other yous yet you made it i know that's weird don't think of it too much right because i know they're your parents but think of it as you won the lottery of life right you won the lottery of life right now and it, that is the invitation that you're called into in this life. Uh, with that, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to read our scripture in just a moment. Heavenly Father, Lord God, in the craziness of all that we're going through, Lord, can we find a true peace that passes all understanding, a peace that comes from you, a peace that overwhelms us, Lord God, that eclipses Lord God, the things that we're going through. I pray the bigness of God eclipses the problems that we are facing today, Lord. A peace that comes from you. Teach us today through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, Paul's going to come up and he's going to read us some scripture from Luke chapter 2. So we're going to Luke chapter 2-8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. That's the word of God. You're like, what does that have to do with anything, John? I think this is going to be great news for us. Yeah, just light that up for a moment. So today, we're speaking, we spoke on hope, which was the first candle. Then love was last, last week by Hannah. And today, we're speaking about joy. Joy. Say joy. You better light that joy candle, Paul. I'm struggling. It's good. It's good. 
I just want us to zoom in for a moment for this, uh, this, uh, this moment right in here. Heavenly host announcing Jesus Messiah. Now, back in those days, I just want to give you some, uh, just some idea of culture. When a child was born, rich families would hire a herald to announce. A herald is like a, is like a, is like a hype man. Think about a hype man. Think of like a Bruce Buffer, right? He's like, it's time. I don't know if you like to watch UFC. I love UFC. And I, when he says it's time, it, it just hypes me up. I'm like, it's time. It's time. It's on. You remember back in the day in wrestling? They used to say, let's get ready to rumble. Uh, yeah, I don't know who you liked, but I liked Macho Man. But that was me, right? Right? When he was part of the NWO. Uh, that's just, you don't even need to think about that. But this hype man, this herald, he was, he was like this Bruce Buffer. A rich family would get this herald and he would walk around announcing the good news. And he would make it a big deal. A shout of joy on the streets. A child is born. And that's what God does in this moment. He's sending angels and heavenly hosts. Yet pay attention to who God announces to. Not royalty or the powerful or the affluent or the really religious and righteous but the shepherds, say shepherds. Yeah, shepherds. They hung around sheep all day. That's, you would think that God would come and announce this moment where they're saying glory to God in the highest to like everyone who was like, who had influence. Yet he doesn't. He goes out into the fields and he reveals this moment to shepherds. Shepherds. These shepherds were normally poor, outcasted, forgotten, disrespected, disenfranchised, who lived outside the walls. They were not even protected by the city walls, right? In the fields, they smelled like sheep. Think about that for a moment. Yeah, have you, these guys were dirty. They even looked dirty after they cleaned themselves up, right? They're like, here I am. And you're like, you still look dirty. Yeah, you guys are shepherds, right? No one chose shepherds. No one. That was what, that was the job of the least of your family. The person you liked least, the father would say, you have to be the shepherd of this family or you would hire out shepherds, right? So they were the insignificant. But look at this. That's great news that God would come to the very smallest of people. Think about this for a moment. Now imagine with me how the shepherds felt that day. They felt unworthy. Have you ever felt unworthy? According to this cultural system of the day, this, this religious system, shepherds were considered unclean or ceremonial unclean. So they couldn't walk into the temple. So every day you would feel far from God, not good enough, dirty on the inside, not fit to come to the temple. The reality is many of us feel this way. No matter how we look on the outside, we come, put our church face on, right? But some of us right now, we feel very distant from God. Dirty on the inside. Dirty on the inside. And, and we think like, man, if these people really knew me, they would hate me. I don't know if you ever think that. If these people really knew me, they wouldn't like me. Can God even love me? Forgive me? Change me? I've hurt some people. My sin is too bad. I'm messed up. And you might look around today and think, these people have it all together. I don't know if you ever think like that. When you look at other people like, man, their life, they have it all together. They look right. They talk right. Me, I'm just a mess. What am I doing here? I feel unworthy. 
many times. I, maybe that's not the word that you choose, but we call ourselves something, but it lines up with unworthy. Number two, they felt inadequate. Say inadequate. They were not the best of the best, these shepherds. They were uneducated. They didn't fit in socially or culturally, spiritually. Us too, when we start comparing ourselves to others, we begin to feel inadequate. Like, ugh, I don't quite measure up like Shanity. I can't sing like her. I don't quite measure up like Jen, or I don't quite measure up like Franco. There's a feeling of inadequacy. Like, and, and, and listen, I, I, I just want to tell you this. Comparison is the ultimate joy killer. You want to kill joy? You want, you want to just, just destroy the things that you have built in your life? Start comparing because we only compare up. We never compare down. Isn't that true? You don't ever compare down. You, you, I, I, was, I was talking to my friend, and, and, uh, and he's, he's like totally ripped, right? He's just like, he works out every day. He has a six-pack, and I, I ask him. And I ask him this cause, maybe because I'm a little rounder, and, you know, and I say, do you? I, I look at him. I said, do you think, like, you're fit? And he always tells me, no, I'm fat. And I'm like, you are ridiculous. <laughs> you are ridiculous. And it's so interesting. But if I would look at him and compare myself to him, I would say, man, you got, you've been lifting for a while. But when he looks at himself in the mirror, he says, man, look at me. I'm inadequate. And it's, and it's so interesting. Even those that we think have it together, they're like, man, I don't have it. I don't got it, whatever it is, right? And we set the it bar by looking at someone else. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? You ever go to your friend's house, and this is for some of us, and, it's, and it looks like perfect Christmas? Right? You walk in the door, you're like, it even smells like Christmas in here. Right? It smells like Christmas, like cinnamon, and they're like boiling cinnamon on the stove. I'm like, I don't do that. I spray cinnamon, right? Uh, like, it, it, you just look around. It's that the floors are clean. The kids are clean, right? They got nice stuff around the tree. And then you go to your house, you look around, you're like, it smells like pizza rolls out here, right? It smells like pizza rolls. And, and you, you have laundry everywhere. You got stacks going. And you're just glad your kids have clothes on, right? They're not running around in their underwear when people come over, right? And listen, the more you focus on what you don't have you do, and what you used to have or what someone else has, the more inadequate you feel in this state of lack. It's never enough, always short. You don't quite measure up. And that is, it's, it's mental poverty. It really is. It keeps you in this cycle of not enough. And, and that was the shepherd's mindset. They felt inadequate. And finally, they felt unloved. Say unloved. Shepherds were not trusted. I just want to let you know that culturally. They were known as thieves because they stole stuff. Because <laughs> they had to live on the outside of the walls. They had to hide. They had to just get by, right? So people kept their distance from shepherds. And, and even if they weren't a thief, they were treated as one. Now, what father, not what good father would give their daughter to a shepherd? Right? These, these lowly people, inadequate, uneducated, unloved, unloved is how many people feel today in our world, unloved. 
even in this room. I don't care about the front that we put on, but a lot of the things that we deal with is from areas in our life where we feel unloved. Unloved. We're not accepted. So we can't accept the identity that, that God has for us. We deal with this surrounded. I don't know if you ever feel this. You're surrounded by people, but you feel all alone, unloved, unknown. And it comes from many places. And this is the truth. Maybe your dad or someone in your life when you were just a kid left and you wonder, what was wrong with me? Even though you know that's not true, there's a question that we ask ourselves. Why couldn't he stick around? Why? For some of you, Christmas reminds you of a broken relationship, maybe a divorce or a breakup. You wonder why. What did I do? Why did she stop loving me? Unloved is a very real feeling. Maybe you look in the mirror and you don't like the person that is looking back at you. And you're like, man, I'm just unhappy. If I can't love me, how can God love me? And there's people smiling. Maybe I'm smiling today. I'm trying to smile today, but I feel a weight. I don't know if you feel that way. I do today. And I'm just like, God, I am not in control. That's what I felt like today. I don't know what's next. And sometimes my situation makes me feel unloved by God. And as I was worshiping and telling who the name of God as Marcy was singing, I remember who he was, not my situation, and God's glory, who God is, started to eclipse my feelings. And that's why we worship God. We don't worship God so we feel better. We worship God because we put God in the proper place of our life. And when God is at his proper place, we understand, whoa, I am loved. We understand, whoa, this situation too will pass. It's not bigger than God. His light, like the sun, begets to eclipse our darkness, our dark situations. So on the inside, we might feel unworthy, inadequate, and unloved. But I don't know about you, but there are times I feel that too. I feel like shepherds, shepherds outside the wall. I don't quite measure up. And this is in and out. I'm like, today I was like, I don't measure up as a good pastor. Whatever good pastor is, right? I'm like, I don't want to talk to newcomers today. I just want to sit in the corner and pray and pretend that I'm spiritual so that no one talks to me. That's, how to, that's what I was really thinking in my head today as I sat in the corner. And I was like, that's lame. I don't know if you ever feel that way. I, I, just, can't, I just can't talk today. <laughs> I just want to be quiet, you know. And I was like, I don't measure up sometimes as a pastor. I don't measure up sometimes as a father, a husband, a Christian. And I'm, I'm messy. I'm messy. I deal with unforgiveness. I deal with just conflict in my mind and pride. And I talk about peace, but I don't feel peace. And I'm like, God, how can I talk about peace when I don't feel it? And that's what religion can take us to. We think, oh, I just need to add a little bit of Jesus sauce on this, and then everything will look okay, right? It's like, it's like a salad that you hate, but you just pour ranch all over it so you'll eat it, right? You just add, Let's just add ranch to that so it tastes good. And it hides so many things in our lives. That's what religion can do. 
When we walk into a place and when we can't be honest with each other, and so we just put a little bit of ranch on it so it's, at least we can consume it. That's what I think about ranch. I don't really like it that much, but my wife does. I like, you put it on pizza, you put it on sushi. I don't know if she puts it on sushi. You put it on everything, and I wonder, like, do you even like the thing that you're eating, or do you just like ranch, <laughs> right? And that's what religion does. We just pour a little bit of religion on it so we feel spiritual about a bad situation, right? And I'm telling you, religion at some point will leave you empty, And you're consuming things that will not fill you because you're dressing it up in ranch. And it doesn't lead to understanding God. It doesn't lead to the way of Jesus, a way of joy and levity and life and peace. And that comes when we can be honest with ourselves because that's what I said. I'm not going to be faking it today. I just want to be honest with you, God. I'm going to worship you like God when I don't feel you like God. I'm not going to pour ranch on it, God. I just want to be honest with you. Can I worship you from every situation that I'm in? When things, times are good, when times are rough, Lord. Can I find that you are the joy and I can't manufacture joy? Come on, John, pump yourself up. You ever pump yourself up? Come on, pump yourself up. You could do it, John. And you start talking to yourself. And that's all right. But you're manufacturing something that's really not in you. Instead of, instead of beginning to think about my relationship with God, who God is, not who I am. I'm not trying to manufacture anything. And it didn't work for the shepherds. It didn't work for the religious. And it doesn't work for you. Religion, at its purest form, it will not work for you. It just will not work. But here's the good news. The angel said to them, do not fear. Do not be discouraged. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. God did not send his son for good people, but for all people, for us people, for us. Christmas is not about how good we can be, which is religion. Christmas is about a relationship with a good, good God. And I love how Tim Keller, he's one of my favorite writers and pastors, and anytime I read him, I'm like, I cannot believe you wrote that because I can never write something like that. So I will quote you, and I'm going to read this. And it's on the back of your bulletins or your programs if you have them. It's on the back of them. It says this, and I know you can't read this, but I wanted it all up there, but it's on the back. I'm going to read it out loud. Religion says, and I I want you to hear me and process this. Religion says, I obey, therefore I'm, I'm accepted. The gospel says, I'm accepted, therefore I obey. Religion, the motivation is based on fear and insecurity. The gospel, the motivation is based on grateful joy. Religion says, I obey God in order to get something from God. But the gospel says, I obey God to get God, to delight and resemble him. Religion says, when circumstances in my life go wrong, I am angry at God or I'm angry at myself since I believe philosophically that anyone who is good deserves a comfortable life. The gospel says, when circumstances in my life go wrong, I struggle, but I know all all my punishment fell on Jesus. And that while he may allow this for my training, he will exercise his fatherly love within my trial. Religion says when I'm criticized, I'm furious or devastated because it's critical that I think of myself as a good person. 
Threats to that self-image must be destroyed at all costs. But the gospel says when I'm criticized, I struggle, but it's not critical for me to think of myself as a good person. My identity is not built on my record or my performance, but on God's love for me in Christ. I can take criticism. Religion says my prayer life consists largely of asking, and it only heats up when I'm in a time of need. My main purpose in prayer is to control my environment. The gospel says my prayer life consists of generous stretches of praise and adoration. My main purpose is fellowship, friendship with God. Religion says my self-view swings between two poles, here and there, here and there. It's like bipolar, right? And if when I am living up to my standards, I feel confident, but then when I'm prone to be proud and unsympathetic to failing people. If and when I'm not living up to my standards, I feel insecure and inadequate. I'm not confident. I feel like a failure. But the gospel says my self-view is not based on my self as a moral achiever, I am simultaneously sinful yet accepted in Christ. I love this next part. I am so bad he had to die for me, yet I am so loved he was glad to die for me. This leads me to a deeper and deeper humility and confidence at the same time. Neither swagger nor sniveling. Religion says, I got two more, my identity and self-worth are based mainly on my hard work or how moral I am. So I must look down on those I perceive as lazy or immoral. I disdain and feel superior to others. But Jesus' gospel says, my identity and self-worth are centered on who died for his enemies. Listen, listen, who was excluded from the city for me. I am saved by sheer grace, so I cannot look down on those who don't believe or practice something different from me. Only by grace I am what I am. I have no inner need to win arguments. Religion says, since I look at my own pedigree and performance for my spiritual acceptability, my heart manufactures idols. It may be my talents, my moral records, my personal disciplines, my social status, whatever. I absolutely have to have them so they serve as my main hope, meaning happiness, security, significance, whatever I might say I believe about God. And this is the last one. But the gospel says, I have many good things in my life, family, work, spiritual disciplines, whatever. But none of these things are ultimate things to me. None of them are things I absolutely have to have. So, these, so there is a limit to how much anxiety, bitterness, and despondency they can inflict on me when they are threatened and lost. What I'm reading, I know that's a lot. But I'm reading two different sorts of hearts, two different ways that we can we look at God. And many times we look at God so religiously when I'm, looking, when I'm reading that. But, but I want you to know that the gospel, when we live in the way of Jesus, in the mind of Jesus, it brings us joy. Joy. So if you feel shepherdish today, Unworthy, inadequate, unloved. Luke tells us, fear not, for today a Savior has been born to you. Joy does not come from you. Joy comes to you from God. Let's just bow our heads for a moment.
Can you just take a moment and ask God, help me see you the right way. Ask God for his joy as we walk as he walks. He was never in the rut. He was present in the moment. Heavenly Father, would you give us your peace? Would you give us your joy? I know that there are people in this room Lord God, more than ever, need a move of God, need a peace of God, need revelation from you, Lord God. We don't need to pump ourselves up so that we can keep on going. Every morning, we pump ourselves up saying, you know what, you need that paycheck, or pump ourselves up. You know what you need is some sort of gift. Maybe it's a TV or whatever, whatever we put in life. Maybe our next big thing, if I can just get to this vacation, God, then I can make it. Or if I can just get this next job, then I'll feel complete. If I can be in a relationship, then I'll find peace. But those are all false promises. (laughs) They're a fake promise summit. As you climb a 14er of life, there's so many fake summits that we say, if I can just get here, then God, I will fill in the blank. Heavenly Father, you're not teaching us, Lord God, just information. You're teaching us a way of living, God. Can you teach us today the way of Jesus? And we reread the New Testament as we look through Luke and, and of Matthew when you teach us on the mountain, Lord God. When you say, blessed are those who are poor. Blessed are those who are, who are being persecuted, who are in hard situations. And you're not saying they're being blessed. They're saying that they could be blessed even when they're going through it, God. You're trying to teach us something. A way of living where the world cannot shake us, Lord God. Where our foundation is on a rock, not on sand, not on ourselves. We can't pump ourselves up enough, Lord Jesus, to get by. We can't put enough ranch on it, God, for us to feel full. But the good news is, is that all that we're looking for is found in Jesus, not in this religion of making myself look right, but this relationship of finding our total peace in Jesus. That while we were so far from you, Lord God, while we couldn't get to you, you came to us, Lord Jesus. And today, that's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we worship. That's why we praise. That's why we prepare with Advent our hearts and minds, our schedules and ourselves. The goal is to be with Jesus fully and ask him, teach me how to live, God. Teach me how to live because my way isn't working. And that's my invitation to you today. My invitation is not another 
say these magic words and change your life. My invitation is, Jesus, ask him, teach me how to live, God. Teach me your way. It's an invitation to friendship with God, invitation into his family. Heavenly Father, I just pray for our church that this week would be full of the presence of God, that we would realize that you are not far from us, but you are everywhere we are not. David said that the whole earth is filled with your glory. I pray, give us new eyes to see your glory in in the person right next to us. At every sunrise, when we find peace and we wake up rested in the joy of a friend's embrace, Lord God, I pray we thank you for your glory and we find joy in it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. All right, well. That's hard to follow. Um, (laughs) I just want to say, just with John up here, I just, who's thankful for having a pastor who could be so real? Um, So, uh, yeah, thank you, John, for being so real. Um, So I'm up here to do, are we doing offering? Or did we already do it? Okay, I'm going to do offering, so if the ushers could come forward, that would be great. We did it. Okay, just kidding. Go away. (laughs) Okay, we did it a little bit. We're going to do it. We're going to continue throughout it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, if you guys don't know some of the things, I know last week we talked about some of the things that your money goes to or that your giving goes to, um, and we talked about it going out, but locally we're doing a lot of things here, and I think we're impacting this city in a big way, um, and the reason why I feel that is I feel, I feel like so many things are trying to come against us with like community dinners, um, our outreach for Christmas, um, There's just so many things that are trying to stop us, and that's just uh, affirmation for me saying that God's doing something in this place, amen? And so I don't wanna stop, and that's, your giving helps us to to continue. So um, one of the things that's going on um, that we're doing is Christmas dinner, or sorry, uh, community tables. So that's happening tomorrow, and we've been doing that for three months now. So last time was amazing. If you were there, can you raise your hand? Amen. And it was good, right? It was amazing. Um, the other thing that we're doing is the Christmas outreach. So in the morning, Christmas morning, we are going out and we're serving the homeless. And that message right there just It was affirmation for me that says that we are going out there and we are serving those who feel like shepherds. Amen. They don't have the money to cover it up. Okay. They don't have the money to cover it up and put on a nice face and say, oh, I got it all together. No, they are the shepherds who are out there. They are the ones who are really hurting, but they, they're not covering it up. So to get out there Christmas morning and say to them, I see you. That is one thing that 
is our mission. We see you. You are human. We are here for you. Talk to me. You have a story? Please, we're here to listen. We don't just go out there just to give them gifts. And honestly, to be honest, I don't know how many gifts we're going to give this year because I don't know where we're at with funding. Um, and that's just being 100% honest. I haven't been on top of it. So, but I'm not about the gifts part. I'm about getting out there, serving them breakfast, and talking to them. You know how many people we talked to last year that were like, thank you, thank you for listening, you know? And so that is our mission. Um, and it, anything that you give to us, whether it be hats, whether it be gloves, we have one more weekend before this happens. So hats, gloves, socks, um, sweaters, hoodies, whatever it is, just bring it in. And, I, and we're just gonna give it out. Nothing that we bring in is gonna stay here. So um, we'll just pray over the offering. And if you guys could bow your heads with me, that would be great. Father God, I just thank you, God. I thank you for this time that you have given us, Lord. I thank you for everything that you have blessed us with in our lives, the people that you have blessed us with, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that in this crazy chaotic season of stressing about gifts, Lord, that we really turn and focus our eyes on you, Lord, that we focus and make Christmas more about you, God, more about Christ, God. We pray, Lord, that you would just help us to open our hearts, Lord, and, and fix our eyes on you, Lord. Give back to those who are in need, Lord, in our lives. And just cherish the times that we have with each other, Lord. We thank you for our family here. We thank you for our families everywhere, Lord. And we just pray, God, that you would just be um, glorified through this season, Lord. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, one more thing. I'm sorry. There was December 22nd, so that's next Sunday. We have the Christmas service, and there will be no service on Sunday, December 29th. So enjoy your day with your family, and then we'll meet back here on the 5th. Um, you guys are excused. Have a blessed day and weekend, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>